Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The volume. The Colin Cowherd podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Podcast. Super Agent Drew Rosenhouse in five minutes. Jamal Murray of the Denver Nuggets out for the year with an injury. And there's a lot of talk about the condensed schedule is the reason everybody's getting hurt. But you got to be careful about that. Too many games in too short a time. How many games did Michael Jordan, Kobe, Scottie Pippen, LeBron James, how many playoff games did they play through the years? Listen, in baseball, the Dodgers staff has gone to how many straight postseasons? And they're favored to go to back-to-back World Series. That's stress on your arms. The reality here with Jamal Murray, it was a weird, strange, could-have-happened-any-night injury. Listen, you got to condense these schedules. Everybody is making sacrifices in this pandemic. You're playing in bubbles. College football teams were making schedules on the go. The NFL. On more than one occasion to sandwich every game in, you had teams playing on odd nights. Some of these injuries are probably due to the condensed schedules. But haven't we been talking about this for the last five or six years? Guys get hurt all the time. Kevin Durant was hurt, injured, hobbled. When we didn't have condensed schedules, wasn't he? Kyrie Irving has been hurt since Duke. When we didn't have condensed schedules, is a condensed schedule the reason John Wall is hurt? Russell Westbrook's been hurt long before a condensed schedule. Somebody's 
just don't get hurt. Some bodies get hurt a lot. There are injury-prone players. Jamal Murray, to me, that could have happened, condensed schedule or not. Sometimes the foot comes down sideways. But you got to look around. The NFL was playing odd games. College football was making stuff up. Listen, if you want to give the players power in the CBA, they have to play a minimum number of games. Adam Silver would love to give everybody work. But just think about this. It wasn't that long ago that Larry Bird flew on a commercial airline. Yes, that's the way it worked in the NBA. NBA teams got the first flight out on a commercial airline. You could have gone to a Celtics game, booed Larry Bird for three hours, and been sitting four feet from him the very next morning. Players are overwhelmingly treated to private jets in their spare time, team jets during the season, world-class meals, four seasons, great trainers. Hey, guys get hurt. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have been getting hurt for years, and Michael Jordan seemingly never got hurt. So condensed schedules? Listen, aren't we all doing stuff on Zoom meetings? Aren't we all teaching our kids at home? It's the reality of a pandemic. Just be careful about blaming everything in the NBA and every twisted ankle on a condensed schedule. His name is Drew Rosenhaus. I would classify him as a super agent, the founder of Rosenhaus Sports Representation. More than 30 years as a sports agent, and he still looks good. Yet in 1989, at the age of 22 years old, and I'll be honest, I was a little bit of a cynic. Good-looking guy, slick, Miami. But I kept talking to people, and they're like, no, Drew's great. Remember, I had a conversation with Rich McKay one time. He's like, he gets right to it. There's no bullshit. Drew and I, our conversations are eight to 10 minutes. I wish there were 10 Drew Rosenhouses. I am no longer a cynic, but a fan. And he's joining us now. It is funny though. When you first came out, I was like, boy, this guy, he's fast talking. (laughs) Did you sense, Drew, you were so different than the classic older model yeah. That you, a lot of people, you you got some blowback. Did you sense it? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I intentionally try to be different, Colin. Um, it was a very competitive business when I broke in in 1988. I was 22 years old. I was a second-year law student from Duke University uh, School of Law. Um, and it was, it was an established uh, industry. It wasn't as balanced as it is today. It was really dominated by a handful of agents at that time. And I figured for me to, um, to make a name for myself, I had to be different. Um, in those days, I was certainly brash. Uh, I did use the media to, uh, to my advantage. Um, and it, it did make quite a few uh, enemies in the agent business. Uh, at one time I was on the cover of sports illustrated known as the most hated man in pro football, <laughs> but, um, listen, that was good for business. And, uh, uh, quite frankly, uh, just being uh, in the uh, in the eye of the media early on uh, established me as a known commodity, and and being based here in South Florida, I was able to really capitalize on all the terrific players down here. Who was the first established agent that wasn't an enemy that put his arm around you that actually reached <laughs> out? And that probably took a while. But was there one uh, or two guys that reached out in the first? There was not a one. There still aren't any. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just the guys who work with me, my brother Jason, 
Robert Bailey, Ryan Matha are the only agents that uh, I consider to be friends. Uh, this is such a hyper competitive business, Colin, that I probably have had a client leave all the top agents to come to me. And I probably have had a client that's left me to sign with another of the top agents. It's just, it's a war zone out there. The recruiting is very cutthroat and um, there really isn't much margin for uh, friendship among your competitors. It's really unique because there's no second place. There's nothing for runner up. I mean, you know, you could beat out a hundred agents and finish number two to get a player. And that means absolutely buckets. I mean, you know, zero, nothing. Um, and, uh, I can tell you as a result of that, it's a highly competitive business and, um, you're out to beat, beat the competitive agents and you really don't have time. Uh, it's not beneficial, uh, to be friendly with the guys that, uh, that you're competing with. You know, for years, Tom Condon was a guy that was known, uh, you know, he, he, he took quote high character guys. And when you started, hell, you just needed guys. And I remember you took some big personalities, but. Yeah. Over time, are you taking the same clients or are you pickier today? Oh, I would say that uh, I, I still have an open mind to represent individuals that I connect with. I don't, I don't have, Colin, any particular, um, let's just say, qualifications other than I'm looking to represent players who are obviously good people and talented uh, from, you know, essentially where I can connect with them. And, and that's what matters. Uh, I don't judge a book by the cover. So um, I've gotten to know guys that uh, other agents may have been intimidated by uh, and found out that they were the best people you could possibly represent. And, um, I really don't have any regrets. Uh, I have represented quite a few uh, personalities, uh, dominant personalities, and don't shy away from big personalities today either. Is there an advantage to sometimes taking a more eccentric personality? Um, and and, and I, I mean, listen, I have had agents. Nick Khan was my agent for a long time. He's now the president of WWE. And, you know, he, he always said, he goes, you're, you're very, you're not needy. He goes, you're a low maintenance client, <laughs> but I can think to myself, you know, cause I've been doing this long enough. So I know what I need. I know what I am, blah, blah, blah. But are there advantages sometimes to the eccentric client, the emotional client? Uh, you know, I'll say this. I, I have been very loyal to the players that I've worked for. And for the most part, the clients have been very loyal to me, eccentric or otherwise. I think this is an industry where, as an agent, the bottom line is you're hired to help your clients. That's the most important thing. Even eccentric guys or difficult personalities, you must connect with them. It's a bigger challenge, that's for sure. Um, and it requires a lot more guts because you've got to be able to talk openly with some of these dominant characters and disagree with them and tell them at times that they're wrong and that you uh, advise them to do something that they don't want to do. And that's really challenging, but also very rewarding to help players that need the help the most. Um, is it much easier to represent um, 
you know, some of the low maintenance guys like you, you describe yourself to be absolutely. But I like a challenge from time to time. <laughs> um, yeah. You're, you're the shortstop who occasionally likes a bad hop. It's part of life. So <laughs> exactly. next couple, next couple of weeks, NFL draft. So what are the next couple of weeks, Drew, what are they like for you? Really challenging. Uh, you know, guys are dependent on me right now to make uh, every minute count in my communications with the teams. We have 10 young men in the draft, and we have quite a few of them that opted out this year, and that's a really unique challenge. We have uh, Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech, who opted out. Gregory Russo, the defensive end from the University of Miami, who opted out. Yep. Nico Collins, Nico Collins, who opted out of Michigan. Ambry Thomas, who opted out of uh, Michigan. Nico's a wide receiver. Ambry's a cornerback. Jalen uh, Twyman from the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, Jalen is uh, one of the top D tackles in the draft, but he didn't play this season. That's right. Um, so these, th this is challenging. Half of our guys opted out. The other half um, played, but at different uh, points of the season, um, were limited due to COVID. COVID had a huge impact on a lot of our clients, even guys who didn't opt out at the start of the year. So my job this year is really um, at the highest level because we didn't have a combine. Um, teams aren't allowed to bring players in for workouts. They can't bring them in for visits. They can't go and work them out. So really my job is to connect the teams with my clients and make sure I'm presenting the teams with as much information as they can handle about our clients who really there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of information that they need out there because they opted out or because they didn't have a combine. So yeah, this is a very challenging two weeks leading up to the draft. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. Here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel's the exclusive home for over-under, and it's available in all 50 states, so you can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash over-under and sign up now if you have not done so already. You create a new FanDuel account if you don't already have one. It takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at FanDuel.com slash over-under. They could be worth up to $5,000. Age and location restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, the Combine's interesting. They put a kibosh on it. Um, you know, I the one thing I always liked about the Combine, if you were a real alpha how do you respond to being around your physical equals? Do you kind of walk in the room and you have confidence, like putting a bunch of agents in the room? Some will shrink, some will rise. <laughs> That's where I thought the value was, not your vertical jump or your 40. We know you're fast and talented. So when they kind of put a kosh, uh, kibosh on the combine, how did it sit with you? What, what, what is your takeaway on it? I was really disappointed uh, for our clients, especially the ones that, uh, that opted out. I think it's really... It's a great opportunity for them to meet with the teams and for the teams to get to know them and, and find out why they opted out and get a feel for why uh, essentially they decided not to play. There's really no substitute for in-person meetings. Um, I was a little confused why the NFL canceled the combine because the Senior Bowl went off perfectly. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, did a terrific job. It went off without a hitch. They brought 150 players in this past um Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for a physical at Indianapolis. Why not just do the whole thing? I, yeah. I was highly confused. And um, listen, Colin, I'm, I'm not a guy that complains. I mean, I, I get the circumstances, but I feel for the rookies. NFL teams are permitted to bring in veteran free agents for visits, for workouts, for physicals, but they're not allowed to do that with the rookies. That's unfortunate. And and again, it's, it's not a level playing field this year because there are a lot of guys who 
didn't get the opportunity to play this season due to opting out. And, and unfortunately, no combine wasn't uh, positive for that. Yeah, you know, the way I look at this whole thing, I thought Dana White, really early on, you had to be, you had to burrow down, put your head down a little bit when you're fighting a pandemic. I mean, you can talk yourself out of anything. And then the NFL followed Dana White and said, okay, we're going to hold a draft in our basement. And then the NBA, <laughs> there were a couple of weeks in the NBA where Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard almost shut the league down. And Adam Silver called LeBron and they said, hey, th th we got we to gotta put our head down and get through this stuff. I mean, that, the way I look at this whole thing, my wife and I are vaccinated, but I've said it with our family. Like, listen, life's not ideal. I mean, sack up, let's go. And I, I just kind of think, I don't know if they bowed to pressure, but I thought it was, it was playing scared. And I don't think the NFL generally does that. That was my takeaway on it. You're right. The NFL did a heck of a job. I mean, they were very brave throughout the entire season that last year they followed through with free agency. Uh, they followed through with the draft. They wound up uh, not missing any games. They got every game played. It was a remarkable accomplishment. They were the only professional sports league in the United States to pull that off. They get a 10 out of 10. Again, I, I'm a little miffed that they didn't have the combine. But, hey, no use crying over spilled milk. We got to move forward. They're going to get drafted. The teams have to make the picks no matter what. And uh, they might as well be our clients. So I'm working as hard as I can, just like I did, you know, free agency. We had a little bit of a handicap. The salary cap was down this year um, from 198.5 to 182.5. And, a half. and as agents, we, you know, we had to really work doubly hard to understand the market, to get deals done, to know when to pull the trigger. We're working with really a seller's, a buyer's market. The teams had most of the leverage this year. I think everyone understood that. So, hey, no excuses, just get the job done. And that's the way that I'm approaching the draft. And I'm confident that, uh, listen, I'm, I'm not cowering away from the draft either. I'll be at the draft with both of our guys that opted out with Caleb Farley and Gregory Russo. We got invited to the draft. We accepted the invite. We'll be there. And, um, you know, quite frankly, uh, you know, both guys uh, understand they're not sure fire top 10 picks right now. Uh, and yet they're still going and uh, they're going to be brave and, and we're going to, you know, we're going to work our way through it and hopefully it works out well. Drew, how long can you stay on the phone, talk to teams, sell your guys? I mean, up to draft day, are there limitations? Yeah, I mean, you know, fortunately, I've been doing this for 33 years. So the teams, they'll take my calls, they'll, they'll look at my text messages, my emails. But during draft meetings, and, and it's really less of me promoting clients and more of me giving teams information. Teams really don't want to hear the typical promotion what they're interested in is me sharing with them facts they may not otherwise know about a client, right. what he did recently in a workout, his background, how he's overcome an injury, my experiences with him, character issues, um, health questions. I'm here to provide all the information that the teams can handle. And really, this can take place, Colin, right up until they make the pick. I talk to teams uh, and I'll be promoting my clients and exchanging information with teams all the way until our guys are drafted. Give me a, give me an incident since 1989 in the draft where your phone rings <laughs> right, be right before a pick. Has that ever happened? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, with Willis McGahee, 
he was a young man who blew his knee out in, in uh, the college national championship game, the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State. And uh, he was on the draft. And, yep. uh, and Colin, um, quite, quite frankly, there, there wasn't a lot of uh, calls for Willis in, in the early to mid portion of the first round. And ESPN kept flashing him. So I decided the next time they flashed him on TV, instead of him sitting there looking bored, waiting for the phone to ring, I would call him. So it looked like he was on the phone with teams. So I called from my cell phone. I called Willis. We're talking to each other. Willis is on the phone. All of a sudden, my call waiting goes through, and it's it's the Buffalo Bills. And at that time, the Bills were curious who Willis was talking to. And uh, I wouldn't tell them who he was talking to. I just said, you know, use your imagination. And uh, – and, and they assumed it was another team, and they decided that if he was on the phone with another club, there was a good chance he was going to be picked. And not long after I spoke to them, they drafted Willis. So believe it or not, I think that had something to do with them taking him. You want to create the impression at all times that your client's about to get selected. That's a great story. Now, <laughs> have you had a draft day disaster? I don't know who reps Laramie Tunzel. I felt so bad for the kid. You know, I mean, I, I, I grew up in Washington state, people smoke pot. Okay. And I see this thing come out and I think, well, hell he's still great. What do I care? I looked at the way I looked at that drew was, oh good. It'll scare off half the league. I'll take him. So I don't know who repped him, but have you ever had a draft day disaster? Yeah, it was incredibly frustrating uh, for Rob Gronkowski that uh, we were at the draft with Rob and somehow the teams overlooked him because of a back injury and didn't take him in the first round. And we had to wait until early in the second round for the Patriots to call. But that was really tough because I thought Rob was absolutely one of the elite players in the draft. And we fully anticipated that someone was going to take that uber talented guy in the first round. And, uh, you know, to the chagrin of, of the rest of the league, uh, they blew it. And Bill, Bill Belichick knew what he was doing and took Rob. But Rob obviously should have been one of the first players drafted that year. By the way, when did you first spot Rob? <laughs> when did I spot Rob? Uh, I, I'll tell you, it was a, it was a tip from uh, Jerry Angelo. Uh, when Rob was a, uh, was a, a true uh, sophomore, Jerry Angelo told me, because he coached Rob's father, Gronk, uh, Gordy Gronkowski, and Papa Gronk, they call him. And Jerry Angelo told me that he thought Rob was going to be a great player before anyone knew who he was, so I started recruiting him. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the crazy thing about Rob is that uh, he wasn't really that well-known early on because he, he had this back injury. And he had to miss his uh, junior year, and then he came out. So, uh, really, I, I got very lucky in, in recruiting Rob, and, uh, and and he turned out to be, you know, probably the greatest tight end who's ever played the game. Yeah, I'm a Pac-12 football fan, and I saw him probably play twice. You yeah. know, it, it, it's amazing. It's a basketball school, Drew. So, you know, it's much like the Miami Hurricanes football school. A basketball player from Miami doesn't get – doesn't get all the love. Go back yeah. to your career. Like Rob, give me another tip, something you are really damn proud of, where you <laughs> spotted a player and then you knew a month before the draft that every agent hated you because you found a gem. 
Wow. I mean, Antonio Brown going in the sixth round uh, from Central Michigan was a great was a great signing for us. Oh, tell me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Antonio was a guy I was very familiar with. He grew up in Miami. He was a high school, uh, you know, phenom here in Miami. Um, he had some issues uh, early in his college career. Um, transferred out of a couple schools, wound up going to uh, small Central Michigan. And uh, we thought he was a, a fantastic player. And we signed him, even though the, the league was behind on him and he got drafted in the sixth round. And he's another guy that, uh, in my opinion, when he's all said and done, will be in the Hall of Fame. But that was, uh, that was one I'm very proud of in identifying who would think uh, a six-round pick would, would go on to become an absolute uh, you know, superstar like Antonio Brown has been. You know, Drew, I like high school football recruiting. I've been addicted to it for 30 years. Listening to you talk, you must have to follow some of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's no question. Um, we, we have to be aware of players in high school. Uh, technically, we can't, you know, we can't sign a player until um, after they've played three years of college football. But there's really no reason that you can't have an eye on them and get ready to recruit them at the appropriate time. And there are a lot of guys that catch my eye in high school that we follow and ultimately want at recruiting in college, especially based here in South Florida. This is such a hotbed for talent. I'd say 60 to 65 to 70 percent of our clients are players who have uh, some affiliation with this area. So tell our audience, Drew, I'm a receiver. I'm at Purdue. I'm not going to be maybe a high choice. And I play my career out. And then I declare myself eligible for the draft. In that moment, you can call him, right? Let the, the moment he declares for the draft, when can you first contact a college athlete? I can really contact a college athlete the, the minute they get into college. There's nothing against the rules with communicating. The basic premise of the NCAA rules that apply to agents and players when it comes to football is that we're not allowed to, one, give them or their family or friends anything of value. Um, two, we're not permitted to enter into any type of informal or, or formal agreement with them, verbal or orally. Um, or They're the same, actually, verbal or written, I meant to say. And, uh, you know, without a doubt, we're, we're certainly encouraged uh, to limit our communications with them uh, until they're either entering the draft or their senior years. But there's really no prohibition in the NCAA or most colleges that prohibit you from at least communicating with a player and, and or their family. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, Drew, it doesn't take a, a wild imagination for me, knowing what you said about your contact with players, to figure out Nick Saban's going to be a hard ass if you contact his players. Um what do you have to do? Because Alabama's got the most of them. What do you have to do to contact one of his players? Well, you better follow the rules um, or you're going to feel the wrath of Nick Saban. He, uh, you're right. He's not, uh, he's not a fan of you contacting his players during the season. Uh, he asks that you wait until after the season to have communication with them. Um, really, you want to deal with a player's family. Um, and deal through the school. The school has a protocol where uh, they actually will encourage you to come to campus and meet with a player before the season um, at the football facility. So Alabama has a very hands-on policy. They do a great job. Um, we represent a recent first-round pick from Alabama and Rashawn Evans. I have a lot of respect for, for Coach Saban. I've known him a long time and dealt with him for a long time, and we're going to follow their protocols. Um, anybody else, I hate to use the word controlling, but anybody else at Alabama's level in, in terms of organizationally protecting their players? Clemson is, uh, is right there. Ohio state. Um, I think those are programs, uh, Florida comes to mind, um, that, uh, in my dealings, uh, do really good job of uh, keeping tabs on agents and players and their communications. Um, this is about to blow up, though. 
Colin, in, in the, we're, we're about to go into a whole new world in college football with agents and marketing people. And it's called NIL, Name, Image, and Likeness. Yeah. In the state of Florida, on July 1st, Florida passed a law that uh, college athletes can begin to enter into endorsement agreements and uh, have marketing deals based on their name, image, and likeness. So college players are going to be able to make money. They're going to be able to do deals with marketing agents. Agents uh, like myself are going to be able to go out and procure marketing deals for players. So uh, this has been passed in Florida. The NCAA hasn't ruled on this yet, or they don't have a a formal ruling, but it's coming and it's coming soon. And it's going to change the whole dynamics of college football because it's inevitable that college players are going to be able to uh, make money and deal with agents and have endorsement deals. So get ready. College football and amateurism is going to become professional uh, football. Well, conservative governors tend to be more pro-business. So Florida, DeSantis, he's going to pass this puppy. California, Gavin Newsom, uh, you know, California, just frankly, you know, as an attorney, has more regulations all through our government. So we know Florida is going to open it up. Where's Texas at? Where's California at on that stuff? Uh, really, Florida and New Mexico are the only states, to my knowledge, that have formally passed the law. But there are quite a few other states that I've heard that are on the verge of doing the same. Um, and I'm following this very closely because when it is permissible, we're going to be, you know, getting after it. We're, we're going to recruit um, all of the top college players with marketing deals. And um, this is going to be the wave of the future. Every, uh, every top college player is going to be inundated, inundated with uh, marketing opportunities from agents like myself. And uh, so colleges and, uh, universities are going to have to deal with that. And, um, you know, college football is going to be very different moving forward. And uh, the colleges are going to have to embrace the NIL because they're going to need to use it in recruiting. If a program has uh, alumni that can bring endorsement deals to players, they're going to get um, a lot more deals than for, for players and say a program that doesn't have a relationship with alumni that have endorsement deals. It's really going to take off. Yeah, I was going to say, if I'm Stanford, and I know that's not a football <laughs> powerhouse, but hell, half their graduates work at Apple and Google and YouTube. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, seriously, I, I think about that, and I think Apple has a lot of Pac-12 graduates inside their company. And I would, if I was Apple, I'd think, yeah, just go, <laughs> go take care of Stanford players. I mean, would there be anything outlawing that? Nope. Not, not that I'm aware of. And I mean, you look at the University of Central Florida, you know what's on the back of the players' jerseys now? It's not their names. It's their Twitter handle. It's their <laughs> Twitter name. And, and that's brilliant because that is the world that we are about to enter. Um, get ready for college football and their players to make money. And, you know, the top guys are going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars and the best players are going to start to really rack up the money. And, hey, I've been an agent for 33 years, and I've said from day one, college players should absolutely be able to make money on endorsements. And and that time has finally arrived, and it's going to be official in a matter of months. Well, Johnny Manziel in Texas, Tim Tebow in Florida, and Reggie Bush in California, you could be in those states during their prime 
and their jersey was more worn than professional athletes in the same area. So to your yeah. point, it, it now it's rare it, it, to get a transformational player. It may be two a year. Uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, by the way, he would have been a guy that uh, that would have sold those jerseys. Now, yes. when you talk about all these contracts, pat yourself in the back here. What is the contract you are proudest of? And it may not be the biggest. It may have been a general manager, an old school guy that you had to arm wrestle. But when you were done, you knew that night when you laid your head on the pillow, you really worked your butt off for it. Yeah, um, I think probably the contract that everyone was most impressed with was more than likely the deal that we worked out for Antonio Brown with the Raiders. Um, and it wasn't a knock on the Raiders because we had other teams that were interested in doing the same deal. But what was unique about that particular contract was that really for the first time in NFL history, a player with three years left on a contract got a $30 million guarantee um, and became the highest paid player of his position with three years left on his deal. That was really a rare accomplishment. So looking back at my career, that deal really stands out as one that I'm proud of. But I mean, there's really so many, you know, over a 30 year span, it's more of like every year there's one or two deals that really jump out. But I'd say from a notoriety standpoint, that that contract with Antonio Brown and the Raiders was really unique uh, contract under those circumstances. Um, you know, when you when I think of quarterbacks, when you try to procure a client, I think fathers involved, pretty heady, been in camps for 10 years. And then, and that's just what I think of the quarterback position that you got to go, you would probably have to go through layers and layers and layers that procuring a quarterback would be tougher than a guard, a corner or a Mike linebacker. Is that true or false? No, I don't think positionally there, there's any real difference. It's on the individuals. Uh, we've recruited some offensive linemen that their parents were, were extremely um, on top of things and top-notch professionals and very demanding and uh, really uh, understood the business. I, I don't think you can break it down by position, but really more by an individual and their family. Sometimes we're just recruiting the player. But other times we're dealing with the player, we're dealing with uh, a father who's an executive, a mother who's an executive, lawyers, they bring in family lawyers, the school's involved, the school's got a council or a committee that's involved in working with the players. So it really depends on the individual and not necessarily the position that they play. You know, with Jerry Jones, there's always been this overriding sense, Drew, that if he wants something, he gets it. Do you deal with Steven or Jerry, for instance, on the Cowboys? Well, early in my career, Jerry had a tremendous presence. Uh, I dealt with Jerry and Steven both when it came to representing a player like Terrell Owens. Um, early in my career, I had some of their, I think in one of their first draft classes, they took a couple of my clients, uh, Kevin Williams and 
and Jimmy Jones. And this was very early on uh, with Jerry Jones, and he was extremely involved. Uh, but now I think Stephen has taken over more of, of the day to day negotiations when it comes to me and the players that we represent. Now, now Jerry may have been very involved with Dak Prescott, but a lot of our negotiations with the Cowboys, and we have three clients on the team right now, and we had several negotiations with them uh, this offseason. We're really done with, with Stephen Jones and, uh, and his team. You know, it's interesting, Drew. So the late Paul Allen made his money in tech. Jerry made it in oil and real estate. So when I think of Jerry, I think his two industries are negotiating industries. <laughs> Whereas with a tech billionaire, he may be a brilliant tech guru, but he may not be a negotiator. Have you found yeah. that certain ownership businesses are just greater negotiators? Absolutely. Uh, Jerry is a tremendous negotiator and a great recruiter. Uh, I'll never forget uh, when he picked Terrell Owens and myself up uh, at an airport and we flew on his private jet, you know, and he was uh, a great recruiter, very charming, um, was a tremendous negotiator. Uh, and I'm sure he still is. So, yeah, that jumped out at me. He was without a doubt a very hands-on owner. And, and there are other great owners like Robert Kraft, for example, from the Patriots. But, but Robert Kraft is one of the all-time great owners, in my opinion. But when it comes to dealing with the Patriots, he's really – uh, the type of owner that that gives Coach Belichick uh, great um, independence, uh, and they work so well together because of it. So it's a different dynamic when you look at Robert Kraft with the Bill Belichick relative to a Jerry Jones. Every ownership model is different. If an owner is lucky enough to have, you mentioned a Rich McKay, the owner doesn't have to be that involved like Arthur Blank because McKay is an outstanding NFL executive, but there are other owners – that are extremely hands-on. Um, earlier in my career, I dealt with Dan Snyder with the Redskins when he was very involved. You know, he was hands-on with moves like uh, trading for a player like Santana Moss or Clinton Fortis. Uh, many of the discussions that we had drafting a Sean Taylor, Dan Snyder was very involved, uh, maybe more so than any owner I dealt with in my career. And, and he did a great job, by the way. I, I enjoyed dealing with Dan Snyder. By the way, Packers don't have an owner. Is that a pain in the butt? No, no, they've got a good system. We, we negotiated a big deal this offseason with the Packers for their uh, outstanding running back, Aaron Jones. And I primarily dealt with uh, the general manager, Brian Gutekus, and Russ Ball, who's the head of their operations. Now, they have an owner type and Mark Murphy, who oversees right. He's the team president. And so, um, you know, Mark Murphy's always there, but they're in capable hands with Brian Gutekus and uh, Russ Ball. Those two really do an outstanding job of, uh, of managing the football team, and they really aren't penalized by not having a direct owner. Is there – you just do football players, right? Well, we also are – we have an agent – we do have a baseball division and a, and a basketball division, in fact, one of our clients is Shane Bieber, who was the uh, American League MVP last year in our baseball division. So, yeah, we branched out in a big way. I was going to say, you know, there's different cultures. The NBA star-driven. Baseball's got longer contracts. The NFL union, I could argue, is a little weaker. 
Um, did you get into baseball? <laughs> I mean, you were compared to Scott Boros at one time. As an agent, is baseball the best because it's you have the longest contracts and there are very few elite arms. So if you have if you have a Walker Bueller for the Dodgers, that is hard to replicate on the market. Yeah, and yet you could say that you got to wait a long time to get to the money in baseball, right? Because for years, it takes a long time to go through the system with minors and before you're arbitration eligible and, and get to free agency. It's a lot longer than the NFL. Um, so there, there's a give and take. Certainly, you could make the argument in baseball that the contracts for the top players are huge. They're fully guaranteed. They've got long terms relative to football, which has got less guaranteed money, shorter term contracts. Uh, and the NBA is more akin to Major League Baseball with the fully guaranteed deals. But there are advantages. And, and for example, one of the things you like about the NFL is you can go right out and you can sign a top rookie right out of the gate. And, and that guy gets paid early on and you can get him a second contract after their third year. You know, for example, we got a, a big contract for Tyreek Hill after year three that made him one of the highest paid wide receivers in the NFL. You can't do that in baseball. It takes time. So there's a give and take. There's a lot of positives um, in, in all the sports. And if you're lucky enough to represent a great player like Shane Bieber, it's obviously going to be worth the wait. You know, I want to circle back to when you were called the most hated man in sports for Sports Illustrated. LeBron James famously hated being a villain. And I don't view you like that. But there was a time I did. Just take me inside emotionally. Did you like being a villain or was it exhausting? You know, I, I've never been a villain, Colin. I, I tell you why. Um, I wanted to be an agent when I was a little boy. My parents, when I was growing up, were we lived down the street from the Miami Dolphins training facility. And this is in North Miami, Florida. And uh, my parents became friendly with a bunch of guys in the Dolphins who would hang out at my house. And, and at that time, uh, I fell in love with those guys and decided I wanted to be an agent. And then I went to the University of Miami and I became very friendly with a lot of the players on the football team. And it was the great Hall of Famer, Michael Irvin, that got me my first opportunity. He was my friend in college and he got me an internship with his agent. And, and while I was at Duke Law School after my first year of law school, and really, I got in the business, Colin, because I loved uh, the players and, and I wanted to help them. Um, and they were my friends. And that never changed. And at times, uh, I was very controversial, but I never saw myself as a villain. It never bothered me because I always knew my heart was in the right place. And I'm in this business just to help my clients uh, better themselves. An agent is ultimately a professional that an athlete hires to bring their business acumen and experience to represent them and help them make the most of their career. And it's not just contract negotiations. It's dealing with injuries. It's dealing with relationships with their coaches, their organization, management, off the field issues, um, their personal life. You are trying to set them up for life after professional sports. You're trying to work with them off the field to uh, help them build their brand and, and make money off the field. So uh, being an agent is such an awesome thing. It's the antithesis of being a villain because when you do a good job for your agent, for your players, as an agent, that feels great because your clients can then be a role model and impact you know, thousands of people. So for me, 
I really love looking back at my career over 33 years and seeing all the people that I've indirectly and directly impacted. And um, I've always been in this business just to help my clients. And I've had so much fun doing it. That, that's all. Um, you know, that's why I do this job. It's not, you know, to be in the media or to make the most money. It's really to help the players and their families. And that's what I get the most satisfaction out of. And I'm going to continue to do this as long as I can, can help my clients and their families. Anybody ever break your heart? Just break your heart. You lost a client. Oh, yeah. Many times. I've mentioned Michael Irvin. Um, Michael Irvin was the guy that, uh, that helped me get started in this business. And I was his agent um, early in his career. I was a very young agent. And I was in my early 20s. And he was with the Dallas Cowboys. And he became uh, a Pro Bowl player. And he decided to let his young agent go to hire a veteran agent that was prominent in oh. Dallas who could get him a lot more uh, contracts. And that was devastating for me. I couldn't figure that out because, you know, I've always been about, you know, your clients are your friends. There's that, that bond right. like Jerry Maguire and it was business for Michael. And uh, that broke my heart, but I grew up quite a bit and realized that this is a business as well, but that was a tough one. Yeah. God. And you were <laughs> what? 25, 26. Yeah, exactly. Very young in my career. Never lost the client before. That was a oh. real eye opener. I didn't think it was possible. Um, but I <laughs> I, I, I was, that was a shot right to the groin. Um, but you know, Michael Irvin was always a great advocate for mine, even after that. And, uh, we've maintained a great relationship to this day. Um, and I'll always be grateful for him, but, um, uh, Michael, if you're listening, you broke my heart, buddy. <laughs> What's tougher, a girl breaking up with your Michael Irvin? Well, that's a good one. I would have to say Michael Irvin because, you know, for me, I, I was a bachelor for a long time. Uh, growing up in Miami, I, I didn't get married till my mid-40s. Didn't have children until five years ago, so... I was a little bit of a playboy at the University of Miami. So if a girl broke up with me, you could find another one. But there weren't many Michael Irvins. Uh, and he was a Pro Bowl MVP wide receiver. So that was much tougher than any girlfriend that broke up with me. Yeah, that's... I bounced back pretty quickly with the girls in my day. <laughs> well, I always appreciate you finding time for me. Uh, love talking to you. Your stories are great. Kick ass. And Drew, I always appreciate it. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I really, I was a cynic early, but I'm a fan now. A lot of people I know speak very highly of you. You're a bottom line guy, no small talk, and you care about people, and it matters to me, and I appreciate it. Thanks, Colin. Keep up the great work. All right, that was great. Drew Rosenhaus, all sorts of fun. Love those stories. When anybody's been at a high level for 30 years, I don't care if it's a chef, I don't care if it's an architect, I don't care if it's an attorney or an agent or a coach, they have great, great stories. At The Volume Sports. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram. Please rate, review, subscribe. We love doing this. We're just starting. Check us out.
the volume. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.